Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. 30 seconds and counting. There were plenty of years where there were guys who would dread being drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Not anymore. Astronauts report it feels good. Two minutes, 25 seconds. Brandon Bean realizes they're in a window of two to three years max to get this done while the iron's still hot. And getting Von Miller into that situation was big for the Bills. 10, 9... Oh, baby. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Buffalo Fanatics, Seabot here with you. Monday night, it can only mean one thing. It is the Smoke Break, live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. So good to have you in, fresh off the first Sunday slate of NFL football as we approach the first Monday night football game of the year. The newly led Denver Broncos take the field in the former home of their newly uh, new quarterback, Russell Wilson. Broncos, Seahawks getting ready to get underway. I'm seeing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman take my screen for the first time this year on ESPN. That's going to take some getting used to. Everything's different this year with the broadcasting. This coming up Thursday, we'll find that out for real as the first game to ever be broadcasted exclusively on Amazon Prime comes up this Thursday, and it's a good one. Chiefs, Chargers. But week one gets rounded out tonight. Broncos, Seahawks. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope you enjoyed football that wasn't the Buffalo Bills. I'll tell you this. Is there anything better than sitting back in on a Sunday, settling in, just baking in that couch with a W already in the bag? I mean, football is so much more fun to watch when the Bills already have a W. You know, if the Bills are playing on Sunday night, it's a a really stressful day. You don't get to enjoy the games as much. The anticipation for the Bills, uh, the following, you know, slate that evening gets you all anxious. Tough to relax. Same thing with a Monday nighter like we have coming up next week. But this week, you get it out of the way, you wax the LA Rams and you have a full Sunday to sit back and watch other teams and what the bills might have to compete with this coming Sunday or not this coming Sunday, this coming season, rather speaking of Sunday, we're going to get into what happened yesterday in depth, talk about what we saw yesterday, what the 
Bills can expect to see from teams that are on their schedule, perhaps teams that aren't on their schedule, but they might have to face later on down the line in the playoffs. Plenty of top teams that we thought were top teams coming into the season struggle in the first week of the NFL season. So we're going to take a look at all of that. Massive show for you today, as always, fully loaded. We're going to talk about week one, of course. We're going to dive into everything we saw, like I just said. We are also going to have the thigh doctor on. He's going to update us on Tredavious White's injury. He's also going to update us on Ed Oliver's status and what we can expect from him coming up this week with our big Monday night matchup versus the Titans. And, of course, speaking of that Monday night matchup, that's why the thumb nail of the show says Bill's Titans preview. That's what this show is going to be all about. We're going to look forward to a revenge-fueled Monday night home opener for the Buffalo Bills as they look to take the momentum from that dominant win against the L.A. Rams into Orchard Park as they play host to a Tennessee Titans team that is coming off a horrendous loss to Brian Dable in his career opener as a New York Giant head coach. Incredible, stunning upset. Titans are going to go into this game with a huge chip on their shoulder. Start praying for them now because they're going to need all the help they can get coming off a game like that as they enter into Buffalo. My guy, Rev Rhodes, going to join me later on in the show as well. He's got a little bit of a mechanical problem right now with his food truck, he's telling me. He was supposed to join me right off the, bait, uh, right off the gates, um, but he's running into a little bit of car trouble. So he's going to join us later on in the show, and we'll get into a variety of different topics throughout the night. So Thursday night was in the books. It felt like forever ago that the... Bills played, didn't it? I mean, it really felt like a life, a light year ago. And it's wild that we have to go from the Bills playing Thursday, watch a whole weekend of football, and then wait a whole nother week and a whole other weekend of football just to watch the Bills again. It's almost like torture. What they showed us on Thursday night was so prolific. You want to see more of it right away, and you got to wait the longest amount of time possible in order to see him again. But I feel like it's going to be well worth the wait. That matchup is going to be extraordinary. You cannot... Nothing can, can be a home opener under the lights after a game like that against an opponent that the Bills definitely have had on their radar since the schedule came out. The Titans have had the better of the Bills the last few times out. Some have been close, of course, like last year where a Josh Allen slip away from winning that game. Others not so close the year prior, the COVID game in Buffalo where the Bills just couldn't match up with the Titans no matter what they did. This year is a different year. I said going into this year, I felt like the division was going to belong to the Colts after what we saw yesterday. I'm not sure who that division is going to belong to, but the Bills are a much better team this year than they were last. I can't say the same about the Titans, so I'm very interested to get into that game next week, take a look at what we can expect from either side and ultimately what I think is going to happen as a final outcome. Uh, let's talk about yesterday, though, before we dive into next week. we got to put a bow on week one. It's funny, once you get a taste of what the Bills were able to bring to the table on Thursday night, you kind of watch the Sunday games through a different lens. And that lens was, wow, are the Bills just that much better than everybody else in the league? If you're like me, that's kind of how you watch the games. Of course, you got your Homer glasses on, you got your blinders on. And if you're like me, you like to dim those blinders a bit because you like to be realistic. But from what I saw yesterday throughout a full Sunday slate of NFL games, you'd have a really tough time telling me that there's any team in the league right now better than the Buffalo Bills. 
Plenty of things shocked me yesterday. Plenty of things did not shock me. I'm going to touch on everything there. The one thing that did not shock me and the one team that stood out to me as the team that once again is going to be right there with the Buffalo Bills is going to be their biggest test as far as getting to the Super Bowl once again, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. There are plenty of people out there who looked at the Chiefs as soon as they moved off from Tyreek Hill and said, oh, they're not going to be the same. Forget it. Mahomes was built on Tyreek Hill's ability to get down the field. He's bailed that offense out on numerous occasions, allows for an explosive offense that just can't be recreated without him. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This offense under Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, it's one of the best we've ever seen. There is no reason to believe losing Tyreek Hill is going to stunt that offense at all. Are they going to be as explosive? Perhaps not. There's nobody as explosive as Tyreek Hill in the league. And even yesterday with the Miami Dolphins, we saw what Tyreek Hill can bring to a team. That Miami Dolphins team is much, much better with Tyreek Hill. He bailed Tua Tungabailoa out of a handful of throws that would not have been completed to anybody else. In my opinion yesterday, and you can say whatever you want, those watching this who aren't a Bills fan, you can, you can say whatever you want about Tua yesterday. He played fine. There was nothing about Tua's play yesterday that was impressive. There was nothing about Tua's play yesterday that made you feel any better about him moving forward, at least in my opinion. But that addition of Tyreek Hill is going to be a major factor for the Miami Dolphins. We saw it yesterday. But the absence of Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, it's not going to be as big a factor as people made it out to be. They ran the scoreboard up yesterday against an Arizona Cardinals team that look at when you look at the NFC they're right there might not have looked like it yesterday but when you look at the landscape of the NFC the Arizona Cardinals are going to be in the mix all season long and the Chiefs made them look like a peewee team they sort of made them look like the Bills made the Rams look and then you get to thinking well let's take a look at the similarities both quarterbacks pop off both offenses pop off defense plays extraordinary and then you realize the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. In this rivalry, this new, unbelievable rivalry that has formed between the Bills and the Chiefs over the last handful of seasons is going to be just as electrifying this season as ever. And I know it's just week one, and that, of course, is why we talk about these things today, because there's no better day than the Monday after week one, because that is where the overreactions hit their peak. Thing is here, I don't know if I'm overreacting at all. You take a look at the sample size yesterday, and of course things are going to change. The Colts aren't going to be as bad as they were yesterday, you'd think. The Titans aren't going to be as bad as they were yesterday, you'd think. The Bengals aren't going to turn the ball over five times and get sacked seven times every week, you'd think. What I do think is the Chiefs are going to be as good as they were yesterday every week. The absence of Tyreek Hill really gave people false hope that they were no longer going to be a juggernaut. They're totally going to be a juggernaut. Now, nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be scared of. I'll take the bills over them any day of the week right now. But if you want to talk about lining up a team, 1A, 1B, when it comes to the AFC, when it comes to making the Super Bowl, when it comes to even the NFL in its entirety, were there any two better teams this entire past weekend than the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs? And that is what we, we have come accustomed to in this league. It is the Bills and the Chiefs out of the AFC. 
A lot of things going into yesterday I thought were going to happen wound up happening. Let's touch on those first before I get into what shocked me. Going into this season, I felt the top three AFC teams were going to be the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. Yesterday, albeit a very small sample size, but it's the only one we can base it on. Yesterday, out of week one, the results showed me that I was exactly right. Those three teams look like they are going to be the cream of the crop in the AFC. Why? Well, they had the three best quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Ter- Herbert. You can take anybody else. That is as good as it gets right now in the NFL. Those three. And they're all similar in a variety of different ways. They can all throw the ball 100 miles an hour. They can all throw the ball 200 yards. They are all mobile. They can all read the field very well. They're great leaders. Great representatives of their organization. Those three guys are what you're looking at right now as the future of the league. And to me, it's no secret as to why those three teams are the best currently in the AFC. The Raiders made it a game. But if you watch that game, to me, the Chargers felt like the better team throughout. Devontae Adams, he's going to be a problem. Devontae Adams was definitely the spark the Raiders needed. But you can tell when it comes to the Chargers roster and the Raiders roster, the Chargers are still a notch behind. The Chargers, to me, are still a notch behind the Chiefs and the Bills, but to me, they're right there. They're third. And I would be stunned if the L.A. Chargers do not make the playoffs this year. If they don't, Brandon Staley is going to be working at a Burger King somewhere. It would be inexcusable for the L.A. Chargers to not make the playoffs this year. This team is damn good. Would not be shocked at all if it came down to the Bills Chargers in an AFC championship game. But I would put any amount of money on it right now that the combination of the AFC championship game is going to be a mixture between either the Bills, the Chiefs, or the Chargers. You can go out there and argue whoever you want there as far as who gets into that game and who doesn't. As far as week one is concerned, that would be my pick. And hell, going into the season, that was my pick. All three of those teams looked extraordinary. Let's talk about a couple of teams that stunned me as far as looking the complete opposite of extraordinary. Number one, the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Wow. I understand the Texans might not be as bad as, they, as they're perceived to be. I don't think Davis Mills is all that bad of a quarterback at all. Lovey Smith is an underrated coach. He always has been. But the Indianapolis Colts have a hell of a roster, and we know that to be true. We saw it firsthand last year. They kicked the living hell out of the Bills in Buffalo. They have Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the league, arguably. At least top three. And we saw it on full display yesterday. You bring in Matt Ryan, a former MVP. You have Michael Pittman. They were good last year with Carson Wentz. I felt coming into this season, Matt Ryan was an extensive upgrade over Carson Wentz. And with a weak division... I felt the Colts were going to be a prime contender to go to the playoffs this year. They looked abysmal yesterday against a Houston Texans team that the Buffalo Bills routed 40 to nothing just a season ago. Very strange how things operate in the NFL. The Bills beat the Texans 40 to nothing last year. They might as well have lost 40 to nothing to the Indianapolis Colts a season ago. Colts came out flat-footed against the Houston Texans and result in a tie week one against a much inferior team. 
And I had looked at the Colts and thought that that division was going to be theirs for the keeping this coming season. I'm not so sure. Then again, we saw what the Tennessee Titans put on display against just as an inferior team in the New York Giants. What the hell was going on with the Tennessee Titans yesterday? Looking forward to diving into that matchup for the Bills this coming week because if they decide to show up like that in Orchard Park next Monday, they might as well stay in the locker room because the Bills are going to run them out of town. Their defense was flat. They got ran the hell over by Saquon Barkley. They allow the Giants offense that is very, very mediocre at best to dictate that game in the biggest moments. And they flat out blew the game. And in the biggest moment of the weekend, how about former offensive Bills coordinator Brian Dable with the biggest balls of the weekend going for two with Daniel Jones and gets it and wins the ball game. Incredible. Tip your cap to Brian Dable on an extraordinary week one opener. Was not expecting him to get a W in that situation at all. But hey, for the Bills... We'll take that any day of the week. A potential AFC playoff team with an extra loss in their pocket, we'll take that all day of the week. You know, people forget last year, you know, the, the, the Titans exited early, but people forget the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC a season ago. It's incredible to think about that. Like, it, it really is. They, they, they never seemed it, and they sure as hell don't seem it right now. But they're going to come into Monday night with something to prove you'd think. And they have had the Bills number as of late. Going into last year, I thought the Bills were going to run them out of, the, out of the building as well. And it just didn't happen. But there's some key differences this year that I think wind up making a difference. We're going to get into that game throughout the show. Um, Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. You know, that, that offensive line last year in the Super Bowl, that might have been the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL to make a Super Bowl, which was impressive, sort of. Because you watch what Joe Burrow was able to do behind a, an egregious offensive line, and, and you almost gave him more credit than he, was, than he deserved, just because it was a tougher task to do the things he was pulling off. And then they go into the offseason, and they rework that entire offensive line. They upgraded to be to an NFL standard, far from what it was a season ago. And then you're looking at the Bengals and you're saying, man, if they're able to fix that component of their, of their team, look out. That's going to be a scary, scary team. Well, Pittsburgh's D, once again, in week one, similar to what they did to the Bills last year, but not nearly as bad as they did to the Bengals yesterday, they wind up winning the game. I had told you in the offseason, I said that the Steelers last year, they're a playoff team under Big Ben. And if you don't think they're going to be just as good, if not better, with Mitch Trubisky leading the helm, you're wrong. And that's exactly what happened. Mitch Trubisky is perfect for that team. He's never going to be a guy who leads the charge and wins you a game, but I don't think he's going to be the guy to lose you a game either. And with a defense like that, the Steelers once again could be primed for a playoff run. 100%. That defensive front is extraordinary. Now, of course, TJ Watt hurt. And it's unfortunate for Steelers fans. It's unfortunate for anybody who's a fan of the league. You hate to see the top guys go down. The Bills won't have to face T.J. Watt when they play him in a couple weeks. He's not going to be available. And we know what he was able to do against us last year. T.J. Watt is a game wrecker. But with that aside, yesterday, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to force seven sacks 
against a totally revamped Bengals offensive line. And they not only were able to get Joe Burrow on the ground, but they forced him into four interceptions and a fumble. Joe Burrow on his lonesome turned the ball over five times. The Bengals did everything in their power to give that game away yesterday, down to the missed field goal. Or excuse me, the missed extra point, which by the way, Minka Fitzpatrick, and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to the Steelers. You can just never count them out. They're like the grittiest team you've ever seen. They always find a way to either be in the game or steal it from you. And that's a credit to Mike Tomlin. I mean, nobody better than Mike Mike Tomlin when it comes to getting the most out of nothing. And that's what we saw yesterday. Cleveland Browns squeak one out against Baker Mayfield. Kind of felt for Baker there. I really did. I thought they were going to wind up getting it done late. Um, But the Browns wind up getting a much-needed victory that they're going to have to stockpile as the season goes on because without Deshaun Watson, they're lucky to get, you know, a handful of wins here without him. So uh, a big win for the Cleveland Browns if they have playoff hopes this season. Ravens look good. The Jets looked as bad as we thought they were going to. I will say that their defense didn't look nearly as bad as maybe we thought. Their offense is horrendous. Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, it doesn't matter. Uh, Ravens looked good. Thought they might have looked a bit better against a team like the Jets, but it took them a while. They eventually got there. Lamar Jackson looked good. Very shocked to hear that Lamar Jackson is not going to work out a contract until after the season. Very, very strange situation there. The amount of money they offered him guaranteed was more than Kyler Murray, more than Russell Wilson. He still turns it down. Just goes to show you the impact that Deshaun Watson's insane contract is going to wind up having on the NFL because that's that's a perfect example right there. If that contract doesn't happen, Lamar Jackson, has he would have re-signed with the Ravens by now. Uh, just a stunning development, if you ask me. A guy like him, the way he plays, he's already, he's already suffered injuries in the past. He's going to wait till after the season to sign a contract, but he looked good yesterday. Ravens improved to one and zero. And now let's talk about the Dolphins a little bit. So of course we look at the, the, the AFC East yesterday. You, you, I think your takeaway after watching the jets, watching the dolphins, and of course, watching the Patriots, you were, you know, the, the answered, the, 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 the question that didn't need an answer was answered. I think we already knew the answer to who's going to be the AFC East champion. I mean, I, honest to God, I I think I'd shave my head bald if the Bills did not win the AFC East this year. I mean, I don't think there's a thing on the planet that I wouldn't bet on the Bills winning the AFC East. They are just head and shoulders above everybody else. They're a head and shoulder above Miami. I mean, they're, they're a full Josh Allen body length above the Patriots and the Jets. Now, Miami, I got to give credit. Mike McDaniels in his first game, it's not easy being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. It, it certainly can't be. It certainly can't be the, the, an easy job to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in your first game against the great, greatest coach of all time on the opposite sideline. And I know that you know, the Patriots, their roster is abysmal, but it's still Bill Belichick, and he's found ways to win games with less. We all know that. Bill Belichick, nobody's been better ever than just finding a way to win when you least expect it. And I think the days of that are done. The days of expecting Bill Belichick to pull one out because he's Bill Belichick are over. I think a lot of that died in the playoffs last year against the Bills. I truly do. That was a soul-crushing defeat for Bill Belichick and that entire organization. 
and they got worse this offseason. And you know my thoughts on that. I came into this year saying not only is New England not going to threaten for a playoff spot, I wouldn't be shocked if they finished dead last in the East here. You watch yesterday. You watch the Jets play the Ravens, and you watch the Patriots play the Dolphins. I mean, are the Jets any worse than New England? I mean, and if they are, it is it is marginal at best. And the Ravens, in my opinion, are a much tougher opponent than the Miami Dolphins. Those two teams right now could be fighting for the worst team in the league, the Jets and the Patriots. I am not kidding you. The, the Patriots, and I think this is something that people need to start getting used to. I know it's going to be a crazy ride for me as far as really, like really uh, realizing it. I mean, really just kind of basking in the reality of it. They are quite literally one of the worst teams in the entire league. And it was on full display yesterday. They can't do anything. Their defense, awful. Offense, non-existent. It's just not there at all. And the Miami Dolphins worked them. Speaking of those Miami Dolphins, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, yeah, they looked, they looked decent. They looked good. They looked like a wild card football team, right? There's tears to this. We all know that. You got the tier right now where I would put the Bills, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, right? The top tier. And then you look at the AFC, and it's really tough to kind of come to a conclusion after yesterday. The teams you thought would be up there, the Bengals, the Colts, perhaps the Titans, if you thought so. Broncos on right now. Hell, they're losing 7 nothing. To a Seattle Seahawks team, you want to talk about some of the worst roster in the league. Uh, that's there. I got it on right now. I'm shocked. Russell Wilson's going to be – I can't imagine if he loses this game. Plenty of time left, though. That's early in the first quarter. But I look at the Dolphins, and yes, they definitely have the makeup for a, a wildcard team, right? They definitely do. But you got fans in the stands, and I'm sure you saw the video. It's been all over Twitter by now. You got fans in the stands going, bring on Buffalo, bring on Buffalo. Look, I would understand maybe you have that mindset if you beat the Patriots of uh, 2000 and whatever, anything other than 2019 and beyond. But you beat a Mac Jones-led Patriots team that quite literally might not win six games this year. And you got fans saying, bring on Buffalo, bring on Buffalo. And I love it. Because that is just, it's hilarious. The Dolphins, I 100% could see them threatening for a wild card spot this year. 100%. Tyreek Hill elevates that team. Almost immeasurably. They moved the ball better yesterday than I saw them do all last season under Tua Tonga Bailoa. And it had nothing to do with him. I mean, there are some throws that that guy makes that literally any other starting quarterback in the league right now, you would trust to make that, to make that throw, but him, the arm strength is it's maybe the worst I've ever seen. It, it really looks like every throw is a struggle. And if he has to throw the ball on the run, you can forget about it. Tyreek Hill bailed him out of a couple of really bad throws yesterday. Perhaps that's what they needed. And this is what a lot of people had said. They, they said, Hey, you know, Tua might not be the guy. Hell, he probably isn't. But Tyreek Hill can make a guy like that look much better than he is just based on his ability. And I think we saw a bit of that yesterday. I also think it helped that they played a Patriots team that is just flat out bad. And I think they might even be worse than people thought. 
and people thought they were going to be pretty bad. I know I did. I, I thought they were going to be bad. I thought they were going to lose to Miami yesterday for sure. 20 to 7. Uh, I mean, th- th- that just goes to show you how truly bad that offense was. Seven points, absolutely nothing to show for on offense, and their defense, which they're usually built upon, is no longer anything close to what we can expect from a Bill Belichick defense. Miami's going to win some games this year. They shouldn't, I think, simply because Tyreek Hill adds a much-needed wrinkle to that offense. That team, though, you watched that Miami Dolphins team yesterday, and you think to yourself, wow, you know what? They really could threaten the Bills, not threaten to the extent of winning the AFC East. I still, I think there would be a lot of work needed to be done in order to get to that level. But they could definitely threaten the top of the AFC if they just had a better quarterback. It is remarkable how much a quarterback matters in this league, even when you have a great roster. Miami's got a pretty great roster, and we saw a lot of that on display yesterday. Tua Tungabailoa holds that team back. And you see how much better they can be with better players. I mean, just the addition of Tyreek Hill alone made that team look much better than I saw out of them yesterday, or last year under Tua. But it's just, you're saying bring on Buffalo. You're saying this. I get it. I mean, fans do this stuff all the time. But if you want to compare Miami to Buffalo, you simply, you simply cannot do it. You watched the Bills the other night. You watched the Chiefs yesterday. You watched the Chargers, even though it was a closer game. You see the quarterback talent. I mean, hell, even, you know, Derek Carr is, is far from a bad quarterback. He's a top half quarterback in this league. Justin Herbert makes him look like a schoolyard kid. Matt Stafford, he's a top half quarterback in this league. And Josh Allen makes him look like he should retire. When you're watching the Dolphins versus the Patriots, it just came down to one roster was much better than the other. You watch Mac Jones versus Tua, and nobody's saying, man, I'll tell you what, Tua's making Mac Jones look like uh, uh, like the last pick in the draft. No, they're both very mediocre. I'd give the edge to Tua, but that really comes down to the fact that he's got much better weapons to work with, a much better offense to work with. The AFC East, though, all but wrapped up. I mean, the AFC East is all but wrapped up. Like I said, I would bet my entire soul on the fact that the Bills will wind up winning the AFC East. But I can't just put my entire opinion on it. Because I got to get some other takes in here as well. Is my homerism blocking me out? I like to think it isn't, but potentially it is. And with that said, I bring on my main man, my dog, the rated rep. Hey, there he is, brother. What's up, man? I was just going off about week one. There was plenty to talk about, and you caught me in the middle of my rant talking about. I heard it. The Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots yesterday. Rev, yeah. let's start right off the bat with what we saw out of the Patriots. You know where yeah. I stood on that going into the season. From what you saw yesterday, and I was saying this shortly before you joined, they might not just be bad. They might not just, you know, not threaten for a playoff spot, AFC East. Rev, is what you saw out of New England yesterday looking like they might wind up being one of the worst teams in the NFL overall come the end of the season? Yeah, well, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you, but I didn't get a chance to watch like hardly any games gotcha. because I'm I'm out there cooking, you know. So I, I missed. I miss, I that. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I missed a lot of it. So I'm catching up, man. I'm I'm, I'm hearing some 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 uh, rumors and kind of catching highlights or whatever. Um, but I did see, I did, I did notice that the Dolphins won, which is, I mean, I guess good for Miami. But yeah. um, I, I heard you talking about it, and and the thing that I have to say about this is is that man, like, 
we expect Dolphins fans and just fans in general to kind of talk up and hype up their team, right? I mean, we we did this for years, sure, um, when we weren't that good. Um, but I I do believe that the Miami Dolphins that they have talent. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, we look at on the offensive side, they've got Tyree Kill. Obviously, he's 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 they brought him there for a reason, right? And Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki, um, the running backs are doing well. They, they the offensive line maybe need, need some work, uh, but but nonetheless, they have talent. Um, and then on defense too, those guys are stacked across the defensive across the defensive side of the ball as well. But like you had mentioned earlier, though, Tua is is the guy that's holding that entire team up, and completely with, without a doubt, he is the one that's holding that team up. Um, and so I, I think that I think the Dolphins could, they, they, I wouldn't say fight for the division, but they could finish second. And like you had mentioned, possibly you know, kind of fighting for maybe a last uh, playoff spot in the AFC. Um, but to think that they can overcome the Bills and and, and win the division, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, and especially the Patriots. So I mean, we all know um, how the Patriots um, just just looked the entire offseason. They were bad. Right. I mean, you right. had talked about it, you know, uh, a, a whole lot just immensely about, about what they did not do in the offseason to improve their team. Um, the draft was horrible. Offseason yep. was bad. Uh, we keep hearing about Matt Jones and all this kind of stuff. And, and they just they, they really have nothing going on for themselves. So I don't see them. I don't see the Dolph, I mean, the Patriots competing at all in the division whatsoever. And when you look at what the Bills put on the field this past Thursday night, oh, my gosh, how can you not be excited about what you saw? And, and to me, it's like the Bills lived up to the hype. I get it. It's one game in, right? But they're the, yeah. against the defending Super Bowl champions. It's not like they played, you know, some 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 bottom feeder team. You know what I'm saying? The Miami Dolphins played against the New England Patriots, who are not very good at all. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, it's not compare. You can't compare that. We we went up toe-to-toe, blow for blow, against the defending Super Bowl champions and beat the living daylights out of them with four turnovers the game could have been a, a whole lot worse it's almost like you know we 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 we, we gave that to them you know what yeah. i'm saying it, it could have been way worse than that so when i look at the bills going forward it's hard for me about to see anybody who can really match up with the bills except maybe you know kc because they yeah. they look pretty good too um, um uh, the charges uh, look pretty good as well so there's there's a few teams at the top of the afc that that I think will be there at the end that could give the Bills maybe some 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 resistance. But man, how can you not be excited about what they did on Thursday night? Absolutely. And, and to your point, it's exactly what I said to open the show. I said I went into the you know the weekend, I went into Sunday with kind of those those blockers on where you're watching all the games through the lens of my God, is are the Bills really that much better than all these teams? And, and, the, yeah. and the the conclusion I came to is the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Chargers, in my opinion, truly showed why they are much different than the rest of the crop. And to me, right. those are the three. I don't care how you want to shape it, you can argue it to the death, but at the end of the day, the AFC championship comes down to a combination of those three teams would yeah. be absolutely stunned if it was anything other than that. I mean, those three teams are truly on a different yeah, yeah. level. It just comes down to the quarterback play, um, which oh, we yeah. know is the biggest difference. And that's kind of what we're talking about with Miami here. That roster, you know, Miami's roster, not much worse than anybody else is in the whole league. But when you don't have a guy like yes. Herbert, like Allen or Mahomes, you, you see very blatantly how much different your team is than the teams who do have those guys. Let's get to my boy, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. 
The Kinger baby back in as he always is. Jeff comes in saying, yes, please bring us on the fins. <laughs> Jeff, of course, referring to the video of uh, Dolphins fans just begging to bring the Bills on. And um, they're going to get their dose soon enough. We've got two weeks till we see those boys. Jeff goes on to say, we have been stopping your dicks in the dirt for decades. And guess what, Vince <laughs> fans? We're going to keep on stopping just because of that incompetent F behind center. So as you can see, Jeff... Jeff's fired up, man. He ain't, he ain't a fan of Tua either. No. Uh, maybe a little bit more than we aren't. Um, see, yeah. I like Tua as a person. But, yeah. God, man, if that was my team, I'd have a real tough time. Dude. I'd have a real tough time looking towards the future, just knowing the potential you have yeah. and how it's kind of just being – it's almost like it's got a governor on it, Rev. That team could really yeah. fly. But, unfortunately, yeah. it seems to have some sort of brakes on it. So Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely have brakes on it, man. And you had, you had mentioned about, about Tua. It looks like he's struggling to throw every pass. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of, it's reminiscent to me of, 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 uh, of, uh, of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I love the guy. But it seems like every time he would throw the ball, he had to just put his whole body into it, you know, and it barely got down the field. So, yeah, Tua, I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely struggling at the quarterback position, no doubt. 100 percent uh the bills go into monday this coming up monday against the tennessee titans it's going to be an awesome matchup i can't yeah. wait we have been looking forward to that one since the schedule came out mainly because we know what happened the last time we took on the tennessee titans it was a brutal brutal heartbreaker i mean for me it was oh, one of those games that stung for a very long time i remember leaving the stadium after that one rev and it just hurt now the question is we know Tredavious white won't be ready for that game we got some time Mm -hmm. But we're wondering what the status of Ed Oliver is going to be. So we're going to have yes. the side doc come on okay. here in just a second. And he's going to chat with us about that. But, Reb, before he does, I haven't even gotten a chance to talk to you yet. Thursday comes to its close. And, you know, yeah. overall, your oh, thoughts man. on what you saw Thursday and just kind of how it had you feeling moving forward here. Right. I was – I almost lost my voice. That's how – you know, I, 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 went, I went to work uh, the next day, and my boss was like they, – they call me Rody. They're like, they're like Rody, man, you know uh, – your voice. What's up with your voice? I said, yeah, yeah. I, I almost lost it last night, you know. And yeah. I told him, they, they said, man, you, you know, you got like that Barry, you get that Barry White voice going, you know, because it was just like extra deep, you know. Yeah. But, but man, I was, I was through the roof. Like I, 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 towards the towards the beginning of the game, I really expected the Bills to really put on a show. I, I just didn't think that it was going to be a blowout like that. I mean, I, I thought you know the Rams were going to put up some some resistance, but I think I even predicted. I think I predicted forty two seventeen or something like that around that because I felt like if the Bills were on their A game and looking at the matchups and looking at you know the Rams and this and that, and then uh, I just didn't trust Matthew Stafford's arm. I, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't buying the whole talk about oh you know he's he's all right. No, no, I wasn't. I was like mm, there's, there's something going on with that arm that they're not letting out to be. Um, and so when it when it when it went down, man, I was like oh my gosh, we're about to blow them out. Yeah, just completely wipe them off of the stadium. It was, it was, yeah. it was amazing. Been worse, it, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. And I was <laughs> looking at these turnovers. I'm like, gosh, and man, if 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 we had zero turnovers, I mean, we could have put up 50 on them guys, like like easily. Like it, it was getting that bad. Um, but I I think I think the most I, I think the, the, the takeaway I, I felt was like, yo, nobody, nobody wants a piece of us. The, the hype that that was that was that that they except the for those Bulls Bulls Miami fans, of course. Which we oh yeah, the they act like they want the yeah, smoke, but they, they they don't want the smoke, but they don't want it. They don't want it. Uh, they, if they want some smoke, they, they need to come to the smoke break first. Yeah, you know they got because Monday yeah. on Buffalo yeah. flags. That's, that's, yeah, that's come come again. I'll tell you that they don't want that pill smoke. <laughs> they don't want that pill smoke. Man. That's for sure, Rev. <laughs>
So we're going to get more into that game, touch more on uh, Rev's thoughts afterwards. We'll recap a little bit more week one, and then we're going to dive deep into next week because that's all that matters. We're out of the next one. But before we do, the man that needs no introduction, but I got to give him one anyways. And I got to figure out what music did he like the last time? Oh, this is the one he liked last time. Yeah, this is the one. Once, Like I said, no introduction needed, but an introduction oh, nonetheless. Here he is. Oh, man. Thigh Doc. I got to tell you what, I don't know if Thigh Doc's juicing, but that thigh looks a little bigger than usual. Look at that thing. He injected it, thing, man. Looking as juicy as ever. The thigh he, he has injected those thighs. Spot shooting the thighs. What's up with the shirt? What do you got on there? Let me see that. Oh, we got we got the Josh Allen stash. Oh, nice. You know what? Thigh Doc always comes on with a sweet custom, man. He does. I don't know where he gets half this stuff. This is he's hoarding it too. Is, is it? Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Limited edition. All right, mm-hmm. Ali, thigh doc only. Um, do you have a? I can see that being a logo on a pair of compression shorts for you as well. You got you got a pair of those. I'd like these. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get on to it. All right, so we'll talk Tredavious White in, the, in a second, just because I think that that's one that we can table for a for yeah. a minute because we know that it's not something we look at going into this week. What we do look at going into this week is at Oliver. Now, what's crazy, thigh doc, is that you know last week it almost was like you didn't notice. And Oliver wasn't in for the majority of the game just because of how well the, mm. the D front was playing. And that's a testament to how deep they are. But at Oliver, he comes off the field. Now, what I've been hearing, Thigh Doc, it's been kind of all over the place as to what actually happened and what is happening. What have you heard and what can we expect from at uh, Oliver coming into this week? Yeah, so he sprained his ankle, but it's not a normal sprain. So look what I brought from work today, fellas. This little foot that? model. Look at that. There you go. Yeah. So this, this foot's looking at you. So usually when you roll your ankle, it, go, it goes to the side, right? So this mm-hmm. is the right foot. So you roll it sideways. But what happened with that Oliver is he was, he was chasing on that uh, fourth down conversion late in the first half. He planted his foot and he had a, he had a turn back. So let me, I'll just model it with my feet here. Can you see my feet? Oh, we can see oh, him. Yeah, there you go, oh my so God. Usually you have to charge for this type of stuff, fans. Get, get, uh, get excited foot rolled that way so it went inward so what he did is he sprained the inside ligaments of the ankle not your common outside oh okay yes good so that's the toe side that he had the sprain on now usually these are like the stronger ligaments of the the ankle so if they do sprain generally they take like a longer time to recover from okay but two two years ago uh trey white actually sprained his uh medial ankle very mild and he was back in a week the fact that Ed was able to come back in the game in the second half, but, you know, he didn't play much and then they took him back out, has to mean it's mild. So based on the history, how he was able to come back, his post-game interview said there's nothing really to worry about. I'm going to call this a grade one medial ankle sprain with a 10-day rest for the Monday Night Football. Ed's going to play. So you got you got him on the, on the ready-to-go list come Monday night? Absolutely. Now with that – Based on just the depth we've seen and how well they are at rotating in and out of the defensive line and still being as good as any unit out there, do you see him having a limited role or no limit at all? He's full, ready to go. Yeah. So, you know, with coming back off a sprain like that, it might be difficult, but uh, he definitely could suit up and play. Um, this might be a chance for him to do like a 30 to 40% snap count instead of his usual like 50 to 60. So okay. that's kind of the ballpark I look for. Obviously, the flow of the game is going to uh, kind of dictate that, and we'll see where he takes it from there. 
So now, you, the, the, the no caveat problem. is with the yes. medial ankle sprain, the scary part is, is he almost had a high ankle sprain. So that would have been bad news, guys. That would have been like three or four weeks. Um, but now, is that if it would have went the opposite way of what you were talking about, no, no, that no. would have been the worst situation? It's the same It's the same type of sprain. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it, you know, the inside of the ankle is stressed, but it also has to be flexed back when it happens. But, um, if you know, you could pull up the tweet where I put it, but his toe was pointing down kind of when it happened. So it's, it was just the medial ankle. This was not a high ankle sprain. So he dodged a bullet. Basically, if he was like collapsing a little more, his foot would have been more flexed and then it could have been a more catastrophic injury for what mm-hmm. it's worth. Well, love to hear it. I, I actually was, yeah. I was, I don't know why, but I was thinking maybe he wouldn't be ready to go this week, but that's good news. Love to hear that. The guy yeah. we really are hoping to get back, we're dying to get back. It's Trey White. Everybody knows that. You had talked to me earlier that you might have some more to touch on as far as Tredavious White goes right now that maybe we haven't heard yet or anything we no, can look just, forward to there. Just, just kind of the same beat. So, you know, he got put on the pup, so he's out yep. for four weeks. But I just don't want people to think that Trey's just going to, like, bounce back in week five. He's not just going to show up for practice the week of the Pittsburgh game, take a couple, you know, three days of practice and, and suit up. So, you know, I put out an article kind of mapping out how this can work. So the team can really slow play it, and they can wait another two weeks after the four weeks to even just start practicing them. And then he has three, 21 days to practice before they have to activate him. So we could see him as late as week 10. However, I think he's, I think he's close enough. It makes sense to just use the four weeks, start the practice week five. But I guarantee, almost guarantee, that they're going to use the full 21-day rest period where he can practice and then suit him up for the, the uh, Packers game. I was going to say, that was your initial assessment, right? Go into the bye, keep him out, and then bring him back. Packers game you're you're still on that mindset yeah I mean he's got to get practice reps he needs he needs live live reps in practice so um, it's beneficial that we have the bye week before the Packers game so he'll he'll come back week five practice miss the game week six practice then he's got a bye week so we don't lose him for a third game we we'll only miss him for two more games after the four weeks and then he can come back the best part is if he comes back for the Packers game. I mean, it's Sunday night football in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. So that, and I'll tell you what, though, based on what I saw to those Packers wide receivers yesterday, you, you might want to give them an extra week off going into that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of a Pittsburgh Steelers game that you had just mentioned as far as maybe the game that Tredavious White could come back in, somebody that will not be in that game more than likely, T.J. Watt, awful injury yesterday for anybody yeah. who roots for the Steelers your initial assessment on that and is that definitely an injury that keeps him out for the Bills game in a couple weeks absolutely so he tore his pec um I know they're, they're working on the MRIs but they you know he said I tore my pec when he came off the field um here's the caveat it could be it could be a Milano situation where it's like not totally torn it's like a grade two so it's like you know a big chunk of the muscle comes off but it's still attached to the bone and they, and they don't do the surgery. If that's the case, you're still going to miss like four to six weeks. If it's totally torn, he's got to get surgery. That's basically a season ender. However, it's so early in the year. If you remember when we played Houston in the playoffs, his brother had a pec tear, had the surgery earlier in the year. It was almost four months off, you know, three and change. And he came back early, but he was still a difference maker in that game. So, um, it's either he has surgery, he'll be available at the very end of the year. That's something you only push if you're in the playoffs. If they're out of the picture, he's shutting it down. 
Um, but there is there is a slim chance that the MRI shows it's not totally off the bone and it's something that's going to need like, you know, four to six weeks, six weeks if they want to be conservative. The thigh dive. Saw, saw the same thing with Milano where we thought, yeah, you know, it, I think that was the Raiders game, the same game like Allen got the AC joint that he like went out for a tackle, got the arm pulled back. We thought the pec was torn. Worst case scenario, he was gone, but then they found out, hey, he actually don't need the surgery. But if you remember, they, I think they brought him back a little too early. Then they shut him back down for multiple weeks. So um, the pec's a huge muscle. I mean, you know, he's, he's not coming back for the Bills game, if that's like the main question you're asking them. Well, I think it's all anybody cares about in here. I know that. And yeah, he was but, wrecking, but, he was wrecking but, me yesterday. Yeah, and Najee Harris also had a serious injury. He that's had true. what they're reporting is the high ankle sprain. So, again, that's something that takes four to six weeks. Definitely can bother you for the whole season if you don't get it right, uh, you know. A lot of guys end up having to get the surgery. You know what I mean? So that was like I mean, Zach Moss actually broke a bone when he did his, but he had to get the surgery. Um, Michael Thomas had the surgery and then still had complications, took took an extra year to come back. We saw how Zach Moss even struggled the year before. High ankles suck. So, yeah, um, you know, I don't uh, – I wouldn't say Najee Harris is going to be out for that game, but he'll just be scratching the surface, you know, week five. So that's another uh, – you know, feather under the cap for the Bills versus Steelers. Season B's drawn attention to something that I think might have just slipped my mind for some reason. Let's get a let's get a close up on that stethoscope. Yeah. I mean, what's what going on there? Is that custom? This is a Zuba stethoscope. Sure is. Now, what do you got? You got tape on that, or is that a custom job? Uh, yeah, this this one's my custom. Oh man, see, look, this is what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. He comes in here with all this stuff that nobody else can have, and it's really not fair. Side <laughs> duck, man. Imagine getting your. Uh, heart tested in the clinic with this see day, i but. could see myself in the, <laughs> i could see myself out in the lot going around giving ekgs and whatever the hell else just because they're necessary you know what i mean heart, heart rate always goes up when i whip this one out well, of course oh. it does and you get the dance going i mean you're getting everybody getting jiving and oh, next yeah. thing you know i mean they're having a heart attack i know i was the first time i ran into you sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. That's for sure. Yeah. Everyone always asks why I'm gyrating when I'm stretching them. I'm just like, hey, it's just part of the show. Well, it's like, it's like El- I just watched the Elvis movie and he couldn't perform unless he was gyrating. And I'm like, shit, that's the thigh doc up there, except it's yeah. just a little bit of a different setting, you know? But all right. Hey, the thigh doc, always making us smarter. Appreciate you as always, my, my friend. Man. And, no uh, I'm looking forward to that Oliver back this week. I'm holding you to it. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, All I think right. he's good. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Doc. The Thigh Doc. He always makes you smarter, and he always makes you feel more stupid at the same time. <laughs> you do all that stuff. That's, that's the man. You know all what, right, man? I, 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 love, I love what he said, though, about, about, uh, about Ed Oliver because and, – and here's the thing. I think this is like a blessing in disguise, the fact that we have 10 days, you know what I'm saying, until, yeah. until the Monday nighter. Um, and so we, true, have yeah. all that, so we have all that time for guys to get healthy and get right. And, and based I, on what happened, you know, it's it's just amazing and knock on wood again, but yeah. the Bills resiliency, just the ability to keep the core guys upright. I mean, you see what happened yesterday. I mean, I mean, not that the Cowboys had any high aspirations this season, but that their season's <laughs> done. You know, it's over. Yesterday. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And, you know, with the Steelers, I mean, do they even win that game without TJ Watt in there the majority of the game yesterday? Or do they, 
you know, is it a different game in its entirety if he stays in the whole game? These, these injuries yeah. can decimate you. Knock on wood, man. The Bills have been real lucky. Um, yeah. Speaking of those Bills, we're going to dive into what we can expect next week. Huge game. And I think mm. it really, when you look at the schedule, if the Bills can get it done there, they're going to be off and running oh, as they head into the rest of the schedule. Before we touch on that, though, we have a new sponsor here at the Buffalo Fanatics, and we are super excited to be partnered with them. It's BetUS. If you love football, if you love sports, throwing a little coin in the game always makes it that much more fun, that much more exciting. I know I had a little bit down yesterday won a little lost a little that's usually the way it goes but you're not me you're probably better than me at this stuff (laughs) and that's why you need to get on bet us bf code bf 125 for 125 percent profit bonus here's a quick word from our friends over at bet us football is back and so is betus.com for our 28th year of nfl action with live in-game betting incredible odds with daily odds boosters props parlay fast payouts and exceptional customer service BetUS has it all sign up today at BetUS.com BetUS where the game begins BetUS baby link is down in the description if you're watching on YouTube you just click that link you use BF125 and then any amount you deposit you get 125% bonus on that and you can get after it bills are up to minus 10 this weekend rev they are 10 point favorites hosting the tennessee titans in orchard park a double digit favorite now you look at this one rev now let's talk about our initial thoughts here because i had looked at the rams game a week ago and i said well two and a half point favorites on the road i just i can't bet this i can't bet this game because not I, i do have a ton of confidence in my bills but I really thought it was going to be a down to the wire type game. And we got mm-hmm. anything about that two and a half points was yeah. a chunk change. They win by 21. So you go into this week and now of course you have the mentality of, well, minus 10. I mean, Hey, I know it's a lot, but we saw what the bills are capable of last week. You look at this game, Rev off of, off of last Thursday, your initial thoughts, not only based on what you saw out of the bills, but essentially with the Titans falling flat on their face against the giants, what do you expect to see coming up this Monday? I expect nothing less than what we saw Thursday night. I expect a blowout. I mean, I really do. Um, this is not the same Bills team, and it's not the same Titans team. They, without AJ Brown, they've got nothing. They've, they've got nobody. Um, we, we we know we know we know the engine that runs that team, and that's Derrick Henry. Um, last, I mean, I mean, the Giants beat them, okay. And Derrick Henry had 82 yards on 21 uh, carries um, with no touchdowns. So if we can bottle up Derrick Henry, and you look at this revamped defensive line. Who could? I mean, by, by the way, this defensive line looks legit. Yeah, this team unreal. looks they, they look like 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 the defensive line that we've thought that they could. Yeah, we're be talking on seven sacks without bringing a blitz, man. I mean, without a blitz, is insane, crazy. And that's and I heard uh, Leslie Frazier talk about it. Like that's what you want. You want to be. He's always wanted to rush for drop the rest back, drop the rest in coverage, and get to the quarterback with just four. You don't want to have to blitz all the time. I mean, if if you want to use it as a luxury, then go for it, but not to be not not a necessity. And we have the dogs up front to be able to get to the passer. Now we're gonna find out, you know, as the season progresses, whether or not that was the Bills D line that did it, or the or the O line of the Rams are just that bad. We'll find out. But I, I thought we all know what the tight what the Titans are about. 
Okay, they're not going to air the ball out. This is all about the run game and stopping Derrick Henry. If we can show that we can stop Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is going to have a heck of a time trying to go and beat us through the air, especially once we get a lead. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Ten point, ten points. Look, man, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, it could be, it could be up there, man. 14, 17 points. Usually, I don't like touching games like that, and Bills are not just because ten points in any game. You know, just like yesterday, would I have guessed that the Titans could beat the Giants by ten points? I absolutely would have. Would I have guessed the Colts could have beat the Texans by ten points? I absolutely would have. But that's the NFL for you. you just never know. But yeah. let me tell you right now, man, these Bills are a different animal. These Bills different. are a totally different animal. And I'm taking a look right now at what I saw last year. And I was at that game in Tennessee and I didn't want to speak for two days. I had to drive yeah. 12 hours home. It was just awful. I hated every single second of it just because of how much I knew that not only were the Bills the better team, but they were this close. They're a Josh Allen trip away. And it really all came down to the fact that like last year, which we saw on numerous occasions, the Bills were giving up the big play. And that was really the difference. If you remember, there was a yeah. massive run by Derrick Henry that wound up breaking the game open. I tweeted out yesterday. I said, you know, is it, it's really hard for me to not think that the Bills just don't wax wax the Titans coming yeah. Monday night. And here's why you look at the game last year, ref 34, 31 and the bills. If it wasn't for that Josh Allen trip that I keep referring to, they win mm. that ball game. Derek Henry went off for a buck 43 on 20 carries. So we're talking seven, a clip here, Rev. Yeah. And not only that, but three touchdowns, one in which being a 76 yard house call, this defensive line is not allowing those numbers. I'm not saying you shut down Derek Henry because that's a tall order for anybody, right. but I'll be damned if they go out there and allow a buck 43 and three scores again, especially a 76 yarder. With that said, Rev, they do allow that last year, and they still should have won the game. You remove that this year with an improved Bills team, and I don't think you can say at all the Tennessee Titans are improved. They're, they, I mean, like I was talking before you came on, they're the number one seed in the AFC last year. Yeah. I didn't think they looked like it last year at all. I sure as hell don't think they're going to be near that again this year. The Bills are the better team, and the area in which the Titans exposed against them last year is now potentially the strongest element of this mm -hmm. Bills team. Yeah. I think they destroy Tennessee come Monday. I understand full and well because the, the comment section of my Twitter, which, by the way, this past week, good guy, I got to just take a break on Twitter. I was telling the boys earlier, and that's going to be part of my segment later in the show called What Pissed Bot Off This Weekend. Yeah, and We're going to get into that in a second because it's just, oh, my God. But the one thing I noticed with constantly, and I understand – because it's, you know, the superstition to don't jinx it. I'm not even yeah. worried about that really anymore with this Bills team until I'm probably proven otherwise, and I'm sure at some point it'll happen. But mm -hmm. why do I got to suppress my feelings anymore, Rev? I suppressed them last week against the Rams, right? I told Don't suppress them, but Yeah, why? Why can't I just embrace the fact that this team is as good as advertised? Right. Hell, they're better than advertised last week. Four turnovers, 10-10 at half. That game should have been over going into the locker room. They didn't even show us close to what they're capable of last week, and they still get that job done. I mean, think about it like this, right? The Bills yeah. win 31-10 to 10 with four turnovers. Joe Burrow had four interceptions, and they lose to a much inferior team in the Steelers. That's the difference right now, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I see Scotty coming in here. What's Scotty got to say, Rob? Scotty comes in with a super chat. Uh, Scott, appreciate it. He says, yo, if we can contain Henry, 
we have a real good shot of winning. I mean, look at what we did with the Rams and Donald. We destroyed them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly what it comes did. down to. Yeah. And that to me is why if I can look at the last year's box score and I can look at the game, you know, in its totality and think back to me being in that stadium, it really all came down to Derrick Henry's ability to bust one off almost every carry. And that did open it up for Tannehill. I mean, he was getting seven and a half yards a clip as well, uh, throwing the ball. He only completed it 18 times. But I remember that really opened up the play action game for them. And it's what kept them in the game all throughout like we were just you know right in that super chat there from scott what he's saying is dead on and that's why i have no problem throwing my suppression you know to the wind here i i yeah. everybody in my mentions was saying they've had our number the last couple of years you know we got to take each game one at a time and i totally get that i totally do like I was just saying, didn't expect right. the Giants to lose, uh, to beat them. Didn't expect the Steelers to beat the Bengals. Didn't expect Houston to tie Indianapolis. I get all that. But the Bills are a better team. And last year, they should have beat them with Derrick Henry going off. What's going to happen when this D-line shows up and doesn't allow him to touch what he did a season ago? Yeah, well, and see, and that's that's the huge difference is the defensive line. We Star's not on the line anymore. You know, Harrison Phillips is not here. I mean, Daquan Jones and Tim Settle have been, you know, just stupendous across this defensive line. And so when you have those two big guys, um, of course, you got Ed Oliver in there, too. But those two big guys, you know, rotating in and out, you know, from the just at the one tech position, not even mentioning big man Jordan Phillips. The inside of the defensive line is so, so tough to move to where it just it just frees up our, our pass rushers Ed Oliver. I mean, uh, uh, uh uh, Vaughn Miller and AJ Epinesa, uh, Greg Rousseau, uh, Boogie Basham, even a little bit. And so, so the defensive line is nothing like it was last year. So, if we can, like I said, play big man football and contain Derrick Henry, which I fully expect us to do, it's going to be a long. It's going to be a long game for for uh, for the Titans and, and and Ryan Tannehill. And when I when I look at last year, just kind of looking at the box at the box score and, and some mm -hmm. of the stats, this is what interested me because when I look at Josh Allen, he was thirty five for forty seven. He had 47 pass attempts. Yeah, they couldn't run it at all. 47 pass attempts. Yeah, and they carried the ball 23 times. But I'm looking at, you know, uh, Derek, uh, Devin Singletary, 5 for 27. Uh, yeah. Zach Moss, 8 for 24. You know, they really and they had they ended up with 20, 82 yards, you yeah. know, combined rushing. But now when I look at that at, uh, this past Thursday night's game against the Rams, Josh Allen was 26 for 31 passing. 31 attempts. 31 attempts, but look at the rushing, though. Yeah, that's look, right, right where you want him. The 30 mark is yes. like absolute chef's kiss mark, in my it's, opinion. It's, it's a perfect balance because yes. when you when you look at, at the rushing, they, they rush for 25 when you include Josh and, and, and Singletary, who had 8 for, eight for 48. They had 121 yards on the ground, yes. averaging 4.8 <laughs> per clip. So that's the balance that Sean McDermott was, was talking about in this offseason, yes. having a more balanced approach. That's what you want. You want to be able to, you know, just, just take Josh's attempts down a little bit to 30, around, around 30, 35 attempts. But then you want to be able to run the ball at will when you, when you need to, which we showed the ability to do it against the Rams. Now, will we be able to do it against the Titans? That's to be determined. But if we can, if we can still manage that, that, that balance, that there's no way. There is absolutely there is absolutely no way you know that that the Titans are going to win it's, it, unless we end up you know uh, having you know multiple turnovers again because we can't expect to have all these turnovers and still win games like we did against the Rams. But I just think that the the way it's looking, it's it's going to be a complete utter blowout. I think it's going to be that 
bad of a game uh, for the Rams. I mean, for the uh, Titans and a great game for the Bills. Josh Allen is he's a different guy. When you look at him against the Rams, he just looks different. This this guy looks like he started off from where he left off with right against the, against the, the Chiefs. And he is just I think this is his revenge tour. He's he's going on a on a freaking tour. And he's ready to, to destroy every single team all, all, all gas, no breaks, man. I can't, I can't wait for it. And I hope the mafia shows up like I know they will and turns that place out, baby. That's oh, going to be, be nice. Live in there. It's going to be live in there. Uh, for those wondering, by the way, Josh Allen finishes with the highest PFF grade of the weekend. Number one yes, overall is. as far as far as quarterback is concerned. And hey, there was some great performances. Mahomes looked terrific. Herbert yeah. looked terrific. So it just goes to show you truly how much he separated himself from the pack. Rev, I'm so glad you brought up the running game last year, the amount of times Josh Allen threw it, because it's exactly the angle I wanted to take right now yeah. looking towards this game. I understand we don't have a Saquon Barkley. I understand Singletary isn't Saquon Barkley, Zach Moss isn't Saquon Barkley, how most running backs in the league aren't. That's a specimen. Me being a Penn State fan, I got to watch Saquon Barkley up in person many a time at Penn State. And to this day, he will always go down as one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in person. Just extraordinary. He's one-on-one. With that said, however, the Giants ran the ball at will against this Tennessee Titans team the other night. Yeah. 32 carries for 238. They were averaging seven and a half yards a carry. Yeah, and I understand, right? Saquon Barkley, he's, you know, he's back, he's healthy. And when he is healthy, he's one of the better running backs in the league. With that said, though, Rev, he went off for a buck 64. He's averaging nine yards a carry. And you might say to me, well, okay, bot, but it's still Saquon Barkley. He's capable of doing that. Daniel Jones even had 25 yards on the ground. Yeah. If Daniel Jones can rush for 25 yards, four yards a carry, Matt Breida was rushing for five yards a carry. You're telling me after last week, seeing how Josh Allen ran the ball, seeing how Devin Singletary ran the ball last week. I mean, if you go to the Rams game, right, a much, much, much better D line for the Rams than the Tennessee Titans. Josh Allen ran the ball for five and a half yards a carry. Devin Singletary ran the ball for six yards to carry and Singletary was suppressed last week eight for 48 yeah, he, he was better get some more carries this week especially after what the Giants just did to these Titans yeah. but the point I'm trying to make here Rev is they ran the ball at will against these Titans and it allowed a quarterback as mediocre as Daniel Jones to go mm. 17 to 21 and we know how efficient Josh Allen was last week. He broke the single game completion percentage record. You mean to tell me, knowing the capability of Singletary and what he did last week, knowing the capability of Josh Allen and his running game, that they can't touch down on similar rushing numbers while also extending even further the passing game way beyond what the Giants did against the Tennessee Titans. Rev, I'm with you all the way. To me, man, this game is going to be <laughs> floodgates busting open <laughs> and I can't wait because we need that. Oh, yes, them Titans, I yes man. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, dude. It's gonna be nice. Man. I can't I can't wait, man. It's it's we need we need I need motor. I mean they have to at least test the D line of the of the Titans, right? At least see if okay did did were they able to did they correct you know uh, what happened uh, uh you know uh, against against the Giants I mean were they if not keep pounding that rock man but there's no way they're gonna be able to stop Josh down they they can't do it and if we can balance that with the just a this this an efficient running running a game, it's ridiculous, man. It, it's, it's game over. It's game over. And back to this point here by Sailor, because this is what I was talking. And I was heavy on this last week. 
because the reason the Rams game was so big to me is because that game was hyped up to no end as were the bills. And the way that that game went to me was going to be just an unbelievable amount of confidence uh, either gained or lost for the bills just from that one game alone. After you go out and do what you did to the defending champ, you mean to tell me that not only are they hitting this game full stride, but they're also taking on a team who might be hanging their heads right now. They just lost to a rookie head coach in his first game against a franchise who hasn't been able to beat anybody. I mean, that was an embarrassing, embarrassing loss for the Titans. And uh, you know, if, if the bills didn't need any other fuel off of coming off of that victory, Josh Allen, you know, he uses any scrap of whatever he can get his hands on to give himself motivation. He has not he has not gotten it done against these Tennessee Titans. They have had their number and he knows the last time they were out, he was an inch shy. I'm telling you right now, they're coming into this game with a full head of steam and not for anything else. It's under the lights and it's at home. And we all know what happened the last time it was under the lights and at home, the yes. bills put on one of the greatest offensive performances the NFL has ever seen. Mm. I mean, Rev, I really have nothing but the utmost confidence going into this week. And I really would love somebody to tell me a reason. Otherwise, I just don't see how you can compare these two teams, especially after you saw what a much worse offense in the New York giants was capable of doing against this Tennessee Titans defense just a week ago, or just a day ago. I, I don't see it happening. I honestly don't see it. I mean, unless we just we just poo-poo the bed, which I don't expect to happen at all because I think this team, um, I, I think they still have that taste in their mouths from, from the KC Divisional game. I, I think that is still fresh in their mouths. They hate that what happened, right? And uh, and they're they're coming full steam ahead this this entire season. And I can expect I think we all can expect this type of football from them for the rest of the season. Granted, will there be some ups and downs? Yeah, I think so, but I don't think that, that we can expect them to have these these quote unquote trap games like they did last year, Jags game or or losing you know these these close games. I don't see that happening at all. They look laser focused, and and this game against the Rams. I mean, say what you want, but this was a huge statement game for the Bills. All the pressure was on Buffalo this game. It was there was hardly any pressure on the Rams defending Super Bowl champions. You would think that they would have some pressure. No, it was all on the Bills because of the hype. And they went in that game into SoFi Stadium, Bills Mafia leading the charge, right? And they just handled business like there was no pressure at all. And I can't – and now they get to come home and come home and play the team that they lost against They haven't been able to win in the past couple of seasons. And you think for one second that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and the entire team is not going to be coming for blood. Josh is going to be taking souls. He's going to be just snatching them left, right, and center like my man Rico says. And it's going to be over early. It's going to be – they're going to deflate them very early, man. Truth to hearts coming in saying, Bob, Josh is one and two against the Titans. So I wouldn't say they have his number. I mean, I agree. Obviously, it's not like, you know, it's not like what the, the number Brady had against the bill. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is though, the last two outings, the Titans made the bills look inferior to who they actually were. Right. Yes. Last year, the bills were a better team. They lost the year prior. The bills were the better team. They lost. Um, and I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, the COVID game was so odd. The Titans beat the hell out of the Bills, and it made no yeah. sense, really. They just didn't show up. And then last year, it just came down to the fact that they let up one too many big plays, and, and they didn't do enough at the end. They slip, they fall, they lose. Um, I don't think – and what I'm getting at here is when I say they have his number, I want Josh Allen to think they have his number, right? Yes. If Josh Allen thinks they have his number, then he's going to make sure that they lose that number. It's like going up to the – it's like, you know – 
you go up to the girl at the bar and you give her your number, right? And she's way out of your league. She's going to lose that number. She's going to throw that thing in the trash, move on with her night. That's what I want Josh Allen to do with the Tennessee Titans coming yeah, up man. this weekend. Um, I also look at it too, Rev. And I just think that when you look at the Monday night situation and kind of the, the aura that comes over these bills recently in these primetime games, they just seem to, to have a different swag about them. And I think that us getting that taste of that again at home, I know people can actually kind of, they can spin it into a way where they say, well, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it means something, whatever. I personally think, and I've been there too many times to count it out. The, the under the lights, uh, like vibe and energy at the Ralph in a game like that, it adds fuel. And this oh, is yeah. a team that I, I just, we haven't seen this team in that environment yet. And honest to God, man, I think it could be scarier than last week. I just do. The Rams are a better team and the bills yeah. did not play to their full potential. And I just Wait. think you add all these oh. elements together, man. I just don't see, I mean, I just, I want someone to make the argument to me as to how they see this game being, like a barn burner. The only reason I felt last week that I saw that is because the Rams have a terrific D. They have a terrific wide receiver core. Matt Stafford's right up there. Outside of Derrick Henry, I mean, the, the Titans just don't have any of that. It's just not a comparison. The Rams to Bills were a comparison to me. Very evenly matched team. Yeah. Bills, Titans, I this year, I just don't see it. Yeah, and and we know we knew the weakness, you know, the Bills um, in the past, you know, couple of years was was just the D line going against against offenses that had that power running game with that legit back, the, the Derrick Henry's, the, uh, the Jonathan Taylor's, we just weren't strong enough and stout enough on the defensive line to handle those guys. So, but now this year, and granted, when you look at the Rams, Daryl Henderson is no, is no uh, uh, Derrick Henry, right? I mean, the, 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 but the Rams can run the ball though. Uh, but, but, but we, we shut that mess down. Completely oh down. My God. We Completely. had every fantasy owner in the world wanting to oh. jump off the nearest bridge because of Cam Akers. Yeah. And whatever, and Dara, and Henderson, like you said, there was nothing yeah. going on. Nothing going on. And so I, I think right now Leslie Frazier is going to have these guys focused, shut down Derrick Henry quick. Um, the, 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 the defensive line is strong and stout. Like I said, when, when you add a guy like, like, like uh, Daquan Jones um, and then Tim Settle, and then you bring in Jordan Phillips back, all three of those guys right there, just, just the big beefy guys up front are enough to handle that. Okay. Not to mention, then you add in Ed Oliver, who's going to be back healthy, um, coming off the ball really fast, getting the backfield. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding for, for Derrick Henry to kind of get rolling. Now, granted, we know with him, it's a, it's a four quarter dog fight. You got to, I mean, you got to be able to, to withstand him for four full quarters um, because that's, he just gets heated up the more, the more he gets, he gets carried. So, but I think what, 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 what helps us out though is that we have such an incredible uh, rotation across the defensive line where we can keep these guys fresh for the entire game. We can give waves and waves of defensive linemen, you know, to handle what we can expect from Derrick Henry throughout the course of the game. So I think that if we shut him down, it's 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 a wrap. They don't have AJ Brown. That was a key. They had last year. They had AJ Brown and Julio Jones, um, and both of which, when we played them. The entire defense, I mean, the entire Tennessee Titans, they were healthy. They had gotten back from, from being injured, and we played them at full strength. And uh, that that was their game, was that play-action game. They had Derrick Henry that run the ball hard, play-action to A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. That was their thing. They don't have any of them now. All they have is Robert Woods. You know what I'm saying? And who had so, one catch. Who had one catch yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, outside of that, I don't see it. 
I don't I don't see it. You I, know I, I just, I up? Julio Jones looked better last night in one game with Tom Brady and Bucks than he looked in any single game the entire season last yeah, year. Yeah, man. It's, it's a TB twelve, man. I think I think he's on TV. I think I think Tom Brady got him on TV twelve and he looked, he looked good. good. He looked good. He looked as good as he ever did. I'm like, oh my god. Who else but who else but Brady in the Bucks? the Mafia King coming in, my main man. He's always showing love everywhere, all across the platforms. And Mafia King saying Tannehill hasn't won in Buffalo in his career, and his stats in Buffalo aren't good at all. It's a great point. I actually did not know. Well, actually, that's not true, though, because Tannehill won in the COVID game in Buffalo. But I think you're probably referring to games that were where there were fans in the stands, and I'm going to go with that point because that's the ones that matter. Mm-hmm. That COVID game, yeah. forget it. Who cares? Nobody, was there, to it. Nobody was there to witness it. I know for a <laughs> fact, though, I think Tannehill prior to that, I know, I know his stats aren't good. That was that was the outlier. And like I said, that's why these games are very odd to me because that game in particular, there was no way the Titans were that much better than the Bills, the way the score reflected that game. That's why it was so odd to me. Rev, the one thing I want to touch on going into this game that was definitely the biggest concern for the Bills last week was the four turnovers. Now you look at those four turnovers on paper and you say, man, that's a lot. I mean, right? That's yeah. a lot, right? Isaiah McKenzie hands one over. Absolutely yeah. hands one over. Right. That is not on Josh Allen. That ball should be caught. It usually is caught 99 out of 100 times. That's one of them. The other bad interception from Allen, he stared it down way too long. It was the most time he had to throw almost all day, and he, and he turned it over. It was a bad pick, but it was a great interception as well. It was a great play on the ball. But that in itself, yes, definitely uh, you know, on Allen. Mm-hmm. James Cook, fumble. I got to chalk that one up, man, to a rookie with nerves. I don't know what else you could put it up to. His yeah. first carry, and he fumbles it. And I'll tell you this, Rev, I doubt we see much of him at all this coming week, if if any. We know how McDermott operates there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Zach Moss with a fumble that is uncharacteristic, and I just look at that as saying, okay, well, hopefully you got it out of the way now. The way I saw it last week, Rev, with the turnovers, the four seemed more than it actually felt like. I don't mm-hmm. think we expect Allen – to throw two on a consistent basis, especially when one of them really wasn't on him. He he threw the ball for about 85% last week. I mean, I don't really think he's going to go into this game and all of a sudden just start turning the ball over left and right. And the fumbles, usually that's not a consistent thing. The James Cook, I'm tossing that one up to him being, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Right. Yeah. Just just rookie, man. Yeah. Just, just, just rookie mistake. You know, he learned, he learned from it. I think. For you, though, is that something that, you know, is concerning to you or do you look at it as, hey, glad you got it out of the way, especially in a win like that, move on, not worried about it? Yeah, no, I'm not concerned. I mean, game, game one, um, you know, it happened. It was unfortunate. Um, you know, rookies, I mean, he fumbled the ball. He got he got sat down for, for, for a while, right, um, and got, got a chance to reset and came back in for a little bit. But, but you know, that was it. Um, Zach Moss, as you mentioned, um, that, 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 that's why – that's why, and I'm gonna say this, and I know Pierre's in. I know he's in the chat. He's gonna appreciate this. That's why we need Motor to have to handle the bulk of the carries. He forget, needs at least double digit carries, for, man. Yes, yeah, so for, forget, forget this whole. Forget this whole. This is our, you know, running back by community. Let's let's give, let's give Zach Moss some care. No, for for what? We saw what Zach Moss did. Give the ball to Motor. Let him be your lead guy. Unless he needs a blow, then then, then leave him in the game. You know what I'm saying? And Agreed. if you throw some wrinkles in there, you know, and, and bring James Cook in as a receiver out of the back, then then do that. But the, if, if you but the, the leading back on this team needs to be Motor Singletary. Give him 10 to 15 uh, carries a game and leave him alone. Stop, stop, stop this mess, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, so I, I chopped that up to just coaching. Don't because because Motor didn't fumble the ball. <laughs> he didn't fumble it. And then, you know, that Josh Allen interception um, that they made uh, when he went throwing across the middle to Jameson Crowder. 
I think, man, if you look at it closely, man, Jameson, look at look at it on the replay. Crowder right. slowed up. He, he slowed up on yeah, his route. I think, yeah, I think, Adam I think he was expecting to kind of sit right. down on the zone, and he was supposed to keep on going because it was man coverage, and Josh was expecting him to keep going across. Now, Josh didn't throw the best ball. I think he threw it a little bit late, but but still, Crowder, he should he should have hit that thing and just kept kept running. But I don't, I don't see that up. Well, maybe you chalk that up to a lack of chemistry between the two. Either way, yeah. though, I do agree with you. It did seem like there was some miscommunication, but Allen had enough time. Either way, it wound up being an interception. To me, it's more on Allen for that pick than, of course, it was. Yeah, with the yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, I, w- I will say this, but I will say that I will say this. Let me let me jump in. I guarantee you this. I, and I put that, I put this tweet out too during the game. I said, I guarantee Khalil Shakir will not be inactive. Yeah, I'm game. interested to see that. I hope he isn't. He shouldn't be. No, no reason to keep five linebackers and five running backs this week. Let let Khalil Shakir get some burn. Let him do it. Let him get some burn. Um, and you know what? You know what else, Rob? Man, I, I understand. Like Scotty's coming in here saying, you know, four was not good. Of course, it's not good. You know, one's not good. I don't want any four, let, let alone four. You know what I mean? Scotty's yeah. saying, you know, it will bite us if we don't clean it up. I agree. At the same oh, yeah. time, though, look, go ahead and turn the ball over nine times. You're going to win the win the game by three touchdowns. I mean, really, if your defense is going to be able to bail you out every single time. Obviously, you're not rooting for it. But the thing is, is that if you can go and do that and still win in the fashion that you did, that's why I'm not concerned. And I think that also gives the offense a bit of added – it gives them an added edge. It allows Allen to to just do more than I think he would have been able to last year knowing, hey, we can try this out, bomb it deep. God forbid we turn the ball over here. I trust my defense to get it back for us. I think that means a lot on those shoulders of a quarterback to know that you trust Mm -hmm. your defense enough to get the ball back for you if and when you do make a mistake. Yeah, yeah, hands down. Um, I I mean, and Josh even mentioned it, you know, the the defense bailed bailed these guys out, you know what I'm saying? But I think they're going to clean it up. It's it's not – you you definitely don't want to have, you know, turnovers, let, let alone multiple turnovers in a game. Um, but I'm just—I just don't think it's, real, it's reason for, for for concern right now after game one. Now, if we're if we're if we're three four weeks into the schedule and we're still turning the ball over like that, then that's room for wait a minute. There, there's an issue here. But I think that they clean it up. We'll see what happens um, this game and go from there. But I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad they got it out the way. But it is good to know. It's reassuring, like you said, to know that man, you got a defense that can shut down the defending Super Bowl champions to ten points, and we can still beat them by 21 and that's a defense without a world-class corner i mean just it's just amazing how good this team really is right now um for those was amazing he was amazing that the seattle seahawks are beating the the denver broncos right now 17 to 10 you took the words right out of my mouth i I appreciate you saying that because that's just where i was gonna go (laughs) i was gonna say for those wondering uh geno smith (laughs) is dicing the denver broncos right now (laughs) i see and it's just another feather in the cap towards uh, that was supposed to be perhaps the best team in the AFC this year. And I, like I said, this is what's the beauty about a Monday after the week one. It's overreaction central. But yeah. the Broncos are a much better team than Seattle. Much and I mean, better. come on, Russ, you're coming into your home venue after all this time. And Geno Smith's got the lead potentially going into half. And he looks good. Geno Smith. Very odd. Yeah. I don't, man. I love it though. I mean, I mean, I I got a little money on the Broncos. So I need to say, (laughs) if they do lose, hey, fine by me. That's another. That's another uh, AFC loss. Uh, I didn't. I didn't that could be there. You know. Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Everybody we saw this week, it just it makes. And I, like I said, you know, I go into the weekend with the blinders on of watching the games. 
under the impression that the Bills are just better than everybody. But man, I I got proved I got proved right like just about every game. The only game that yeah. made me go wow was like the Chiefs because they just destroyed Arizona. Yeah, and they were scoring at will. They didn't miss a beat. And mm. I was saying earlier, I mean, you know, everybody wanted to write them off losing Tyreek. I'm like, dude, wait a minute. They st- they still got Mahomes, man. I really don't care. And it's not like they lost that much else. I mean, they added Juju. They got weapons. They still got one of the greatest offensive minds in Andy Reid. Yeah. And those guys are as good as they've always been, in my opinion. Yeah. I actually thought they were going to miss Tyreek, man, to be honest. I, 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 oh, I'm for like, sure. Well, Juju, you know, Juju's, I mean, he's, he's, he's decent. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's not, none of them provide the, the, no, the, you know what 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 Tyreek Hill can, but it but on the other side, it does make Mahomes stretch the ball out more and stop focusing solely on Tyreek Hill, um and and you know what I'm saying so when he's able to spread the ball out like that, it's man, it's 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 gonna be tough. And so when the Bills match him, we're gonna see man that that because if if Mahomes is able to to throw the ball like that and really just take what the defense gives them and can and dink and dunk and, and hit Juju here, Marquez Valdez, Scantling here, uh, mm-hmm. McCole Hardman here. Hand the ball, run the ball. You know that's they're gonna be is it's, it's gonna be a game, man. Dude, I'm sorry, but I just this just popped up on my screen. Geno Smith is 17 of 18 for a buck 64 and two scores. I'm not just looked at it too, man. Isn't that crazy? And then we look at Russell Wilson. He's seven for he's seven he's seven for ten for 153 and a touchdown. Dude, I gotta tell you, man. I mean, there's still a whole half left. We're talking all time, L. If this holds up, I'm talking Dude. like. Never, ever, not talking about it again, Al. That's how bad this would be. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I'm just like I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Me too, right now, man. Because the Broncos got a, a serious squad. Well, I'm gonna get to that in a second. Um, White Town's White King Town. coming in. What's up, White Town? He's saying. Gino learned a lot behind Wilson, and he was able to develop in a system without the pressure to play. I never had a problem with Gino. I mean, I don't think he's a you know, bona fide starter, but. If there was a backup in the league that I'd want to turn to, it'd probably be Gino. And if your options are him and Drew Locke, I'm going Gino all day. Yeah, and we've right. seen glimpses of Gino, Gino play some great ball. So you got to think, though, on top of that, you want to talk about finding added motivation and, and whatever else. You don't think Pete Carroll was hyping this game up to no end this week. These guys are playing as hard as Russ is out there Heck right yeah. now, for sure. You know? Um, before we wrap it up here, I wanted to dive into something. We want to get your guys' opinion on something because I tweeted this out and, and uh, oh my God, it just went to the moon. It went everywhere. I got like a hundred thousand views. And I, and the thing is for me, is like, I just tweet things out that I initially think at the time or I feel, and I don't really think that deep into it, mm. but oh my God, sometimes man, people will take these things to the end of the earth. And my mentions have not stopped blowing up over the biggest thing of bull I've ever seen in my life. So let's right. take a look. I want to get the fanatics opinions here. This is super, super damn annoying to me. The amount of just constant mentions I'm getting. I I didn't even know the Chargers had fans. And every single one of them that exists has been in my mentions. All right, so here's what I tweeted, okay? And let it be known because, Rev, you know it better than I do. Or as well as I do. How many times on this show have you and I said, man, I love Justin Herbert. Like, I love Justin Herbert. Absolutely. I love Justin Herbert. And he played fantastic yesterday. Let me preface that right off the bat. I love the guy. He's freaking phenomenal. Yes. As far as entertainment can value is concerned, to me it goes, you know, it's right up there with Allen. It's Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. Like, the Chargers are a must-watch. Like, this Mm -hmm. coming Thursday, Chargers, Chiefs, man, I am stoked to watch That's going to be an incredible game. Yeah. Yeah. So I got no ill will, and I got no ill will against the Chargers. They got the best uniforms in the league. I'm just prefacing that. 
Because the amount of people in here that, oh, you hate the Chargers or the Bills suck. I'm like, dude, man, you people, unbelievable. So this is what I tweeted out. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this play. And this is not an indictment to Herbert. My point here was this is what separates Josh Allen from everybody in the league. And how many times have you heard the Herbert to Allen comparison? Probably a million times, just like I have. Allen is different. There's comparisons to be made here. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, I get it. But what I was getting at right here is this is what separates Josh Allen from everybody. As you can see right here, okay, Justin Herbert has the ball mm-hmm. right here. You see him, number 10. Make it and big. as you can see right ahead of him, he has a clear path to the end zone. He's at yeah. about the nine-yard line right now, and he's got nothing but daylight ahead of him to get into the end zone. Blow it up. Blow, blow it up. Expand it. If I blow it up, it'll disappear for some reason. Remember oh, that okay. last time I talked forever, and then it, uh, it, and nobody knew it was. I didn't know it was up. That was classic. I love that. It. Was that was because of that? <laughs> my lesson. So as we as we scroll along here, right? Uh-huh. Herbert's taking it now. Automatically, right off the bat, bad, terrible angle. Yes. Why is he not running dead on? Why is he not running dead on into the end zone? He's running to the left towards the defender in the top left of the mm-hmm. screen. Okay, but even so, okay, right now he's at the five. He's still got a five-yard window to the end zone, whereas the, the D-back in the top left there yes. has about, what, eight? Right. Herbert's got him beat. Herbert, now look at he's hitting the brakes. He's running away from the end zone, and he's hitting the brakes. He's not heading into the end zone full stride. He's hitting the brakes four yards early with a wide-open window towards the defender. Now... He stops and slides into a helmet-to-helmet tackle. And this was a penalty, which, by the way, I don't understand what the defender is supposed to do here. The defender is pursuing him, and Herbert stops and reluctantly, haphazardly, and late slides into this defender and almost gets his head decapitated. Yeah. It's an awful play by Justin Herbert. Awful. Awful. If he doesn't slow up here, he runs right into the end zone. Yes, he might get tackled. God forbid a football player got tackled. Instead, he slides into an oncoming defender, too, mind you, and almost gets his head absolutely decapitated. I thought he was dead when I first saw the play. I couldn't believe he got up. And so what I said is, the difference between Allen and Herbert can be shown in that play right there. Yeah. Josh Allen scores on that play 100 out of 100 times. Easily. And he bulldozes you over or he takes the hit. That's right. You got to see some of these quote tweets on here. Just people like everyone's saying Allen's career is going to end. And that's why he'll be around. I love this one. That's why he'll be around longer. Nice cell phone. Uh, I mean, so what I I just wanted to to talk about how much this tweet has just completely pissed me the hell off the last. (laughs) Because I don't understand. And this is what I tweeted afterwards. I comment back. I say, are people not watching the same play I am? I mean, what are your thoughts, Rev? I mean, is this not just a real bonehead play by Herbert, who I love? I'm just looking at this, and I'm thinking he puts himself in much more of harm's way sliding than he would yeah. have had he had just ran it into the end zone. And everybody's trying to tell me that this was the smart, safe play. No way. No, no, that was a dumb play. I mean, that, that was a play of a guy who, who in my opinion – Either lacks vision or has no heart when it comes to to, to scoring at will. Like like I don't know what, with the angle that you showed when he was yeah right there. Like 
he wasn't even and looking to the right all day. He was he wasn't even looking to the right. As soon as he broke, he he could have just cut to the right, and he had a clear path to the end zone. And so I, I don't get it. This right here is reminiscent of of of, of Kevin Cobb. Was it Kevin Cobb who slid? I think who, so. Who, who slid on was it like like third and short or something like that? I mean, he slid short of the first down marker. This this is ridiculous. Like like I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he got he got scared last minute, but the guy he's not he's not a small guy. That's that's why I won't get. He's, he's just as tall and just he's as just as tall and as big as Josh Allen is. Yes. So for him to go down because he's a, a a small little cornerback we'll coming. Out. Everybody's trying Come to on. tell me Rev, that this was the smart save play, and this is why Herbert will have a much longer career than Josh Allen. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Watch this. No, because that's exactly his how head said, almost yeah. comes off of his his neck. Yes, that right that there is. is yeah, that, that, that's worse than the hit he could have gotten. Had he, had, had he, that, that's a whole Agreed. lot worse. Because and what I was trying to up. say, but to me, that was a great example of what separates Josh Allen from everyone. And the thing is, I just had this conversation the other night. I want Josh Allen to stop with the designer runs as much as everyone. Like last yeah. week, there was like four or five runs towards the end of the game that just did not need to be called. Allen did not need to be getting hit that late. They were running him right up the middle. I didn't quite understand the need to keep doing it. Yeah. So I am on that wave of, hey, let's preserve Allen unless it's necessary or unless it's a creative enough play to where he's not bashing into Aaron Donald four or five times with a three touchdown yes. lead. With that said, Yes, when it comes to a play like that, would I much rather have Allen go head on into the end zone and take a form tackle and score than run into the defender and slide with his head up into an already committed tackle where the yeah. odds of him either completely shattering his leg on the slide or getting concussed based on a committed tackle are much higher. Yeah. I mean, I, I had agree. a lot of Bills fans saying like, and the thing is like everybody always, people are like, um, oh, creating a rivalry that isn't there. No, I like Herbert a lot. I'm saying yeah. you line up 32 quarterbacks, Rev, and I'm guessing 28 of them probably slide there, right? Yeah. Like and I think not. maybe Allen might be the only one who actually scores because instead of getting, you know, hit before the end zone he probably hits the guy into the end zone but exactly right yeah and and he would have taken a much better angle than that, that that's ridiculous like justin Herbert, like when you when you slide in last minute you you just you just you just you just setting yourself up for for a brutal hit because the defenders yeah. have already committed there's nothing they can do they can't let up and so if you go low at last minute you if you know you, you're, you're gonna get knee to the head or something is gonna it's gonna knock you in the head um, as opposed to a six foot five, six foot six, two hundred and forty pound quarterback just taking a hit from a cornerback, um, you know, that's that doesn't make any sense. That was not a that was not a smart play um, at all. Especially if you're gonna slide, then don't don't even run in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Just just, just you know what I'm saying? Don't don't take off um, and definitely don't don't slide last second like that. That was just crazy. A-can-I waterfall saying, I don't care about regular season chill out with the Braveheart stuff until the playoffs. To me, that's not a Braveheart no. thing, though. The, the point I'm getting at is the slide was the more dangerous play. That's why I'm taking what Allen would have done there, which is run right into the end zone. I think Allen's much more likely to get out of the play healthier if he takes a form hit from a guy upward than he would sliding and the thing is, he stopped, right? And then he did it so yeah, late he that the hit yeah, was uh -huh. already committed to. Your head screwed. So that's what I'm getting at. I understand. Because yeah. there are moments where I really want Allen to slide, man, and he just won't do it. Yeah. He won't do it. But in that moment, like, like what, uh, what Sailor Jerry's saying here, I'm, I can see the play in my mind. 
Jim Kelly did score on a play like that. It is just a play there where I think you are in better, you are in a better circumstance all around if you just mm-hmm. run it in. Yeah, right, well. Buck 34 in the Bucks. Before we depart and go our separate ways for the evening, I want you to give me your final score prediction for next Monday oh, night. Nice. Give me a nice, good reasoning as to how you got to that number. Okay, let me see here. So we put up 30, 30 plus, 30 on, on the Rams. I, I'm saying it right now, man. I think it's, I'll give it 42, 42, uh, I'll give him. I'll I'll give him. Now I don't even want to give him no points, man. To be honest with you, I, I know. I'll, I'll make it fair. I'll give. I'll say 42-17. I'll just kind of give him some points because I think it's going to be that type of a game, man. When when the when the Bills' offense is on their A game, they cannot be stopped. They cannot be stopped. You look at the Chiefs game against the you know the Chiefs in the division round. They 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 started right where they left off against the Rams with four turnovers, mind you. Okay, so it's I don't see them scoring less than 30 points i think they can get to 42 easily and then i'll just give the titans 17 points just because i don't want it to see like it's going to be a a 40 burger to zero you know what i'm saying i'll give them that 38 17 every part of this bills team is just better way better and i think that inevitably derrick henry's going to put him in a position to score at some point but I think we're going to look at this game kind of like we looked at the Rams game and think 38-17, man, it could have been worse. And it, it looks like a lot of people in the comments are very similar. I'm seeing 48-10, Hey, look it. I don't care which one of those it is. I'll sign up for any of them. Ref, right. tell them what's going down with you Wednesday night, where they can find you and what to look forward for. Man, you guys, you know you know where to find me, man. You see the banner behind me. It's Buffalo Fanatics, baby. This, this is how we do it all day, every day. Every day of the week, we've got something going on. Catch me Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time right here on the Fanatics uh, Network. Make sure you follow us on all of our socials. Go to supportbf.com. you find us on every social media platform available and uh man i can't wait it's gonna be off the chain you know it's gonna be a fire show like uh, you know i bring the energy so yes, it, you so will. you better come you better come with it and get and get with me here um but but make sure you do our you do you do our guys man some some solid favors smash that like from my man z bot he's a fantastic fantastic i was waiting for you man to put i thought you was gonna put on the zuba uh, uh overalls man but i guess I decided i'm saving it for victory saving- now that's gonna there be go. my thing I'm okay put the okay. zubas hat yeah, i love those man and overalls are for the victory because i feel like I, I feel like i need to earn it i need to earn that fit i can't just okay. be walking okay. on every time you know i got you man like Rev said, like on the way out, if you wouldn't mind, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Ring that bell because we got videos coming out every single day, and you're going to want to get in on all of that. Smoke break next week is not going to be on a Monday because guess what? Them bills are on a Monday, and I'm going to be at that game. I know many of you will be too, and uh, we'll figure it out. Follow my Twitter at ZachB22. I'll update you as to when there will be a smoke break next week because I guarantee you there will be one. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of when. Maybe I swap with Rico on Tuesday and he does after the show or after the game on Monday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I'll let you know on Twitter, so make sure to follow over there. Thank you again to my main man, Rev, for hopping on tonight. Week one was too good to do it alone tonight, so I'm glad you came on. Anytime, uh, baby. Enjoy the rest of your week. First game of week two, Chiefs Chargers. You're going to want to check that one out because that could really be a preview as to what the Bills could look to with the playoffs coming uh, mm. not soon from now. Let's focus on the Titans first. Hey, won't see you until then, so enjoy that Monday nighter. I'll see you afterward. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks as always for tuning in.
And as always, go Bills. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.